Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we review the Sabbath School quarterly lesson about dealing with difficult passages for Sabbath, June 20. Let's learn together about how to handle those problem passages in the Bible. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, everyone, welcome, and we have some special guests with us today. We, we do. Have, uh, hopefully, I let them introduce themselves. Pastor Josh, you want to go first? Yeah, I am uh, Josh Ramirez. I am a former student of both of these gentlemen, and uh, I am currently working in Texaco Conference. All right. Cool. And then Pastor Isai? Yeah, so I am Pastor Isai Ramirez. I also work in the pastor in the Texaco Conference. I graduated from Southwestern in 2017, so I barely missed these guys, but I'm, I've gotten to know you guys over the years, but great to be here with you guys. Yeah, yeah, glad, right. glad you guys are with us. And Absolutely, glad to have you. As we looked at earlier, you heard earlier, we're dealing with difficult passages today, and so we have two scholars with us that are going to be helping us out. I thought you were going to say two difficult pastors. <laughs> <laughs> All the above. Oh, man. <laughs> nah, but we definitely deal with difficult passages, you know, uh, in the in the local church district. Right. You know, so we, this is a very relevant podcast for sure. Well, you know, I, I love hearing that. If you will, Josh, can you read for us our memory text? Sure. Second uh, Peter 3, 15 and 16. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Good thing we don't know anybody like that as pastors do. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> untaught and unstable, wow. You know, I'm, I'm going to do something a little bit different right now. What is... Some of the worst twisting of scriptures that you've that you've heard. Ooh, mm. man, I can't really think of anything right now. I don't know. Isai, he's been in the, in the ministry a little longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Isai, what have you heard, man? Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of it right now either. But um, definitely a lot of misunderstanding and mis- misrepresenting of uh, of scripture, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of doubt that comes from that. But I'm. Can't think of a scripture off the top of my head. Maybe not one scripture, but I could definitely think about maybe some of the typology, right? And kind of like stretching some. I know we talked about it a lot, like it was last week's uh, Sabbath school, but a lot of times the stretching of some prophecy and some verses and some, you know, handling things out of context for sure. So I'll give you an example. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe it's the the veteran years of pastoral (laughs) uh, experience, but I I remember a church member long ago and far away, um, but... (laughs) But, you know, they were opening the Bible and it talks about God's love. You know, it's important to, to love and feel loved and stuff like that. And so he got tired of his wife wow. and his kids. And so he left them and started to have an affair. And he said, well, look, the Bible says about love and all I need is love and God's love. And so I didn't feel loved anymore. And uh, so I just decided that I wanted to have more love in my life and a very selective use of certain biblical passages mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I pointed out to him, but what about the Ten Commandments and especially the Seventh Commandment and some of these other passages, not just love, but love also comes with commitment and these kinds of things, and he would have nothing of it. So uh, it was a very selective 
and I would dare say diabolical use of scripture to suit his own whims and purposes. Mm. The uh, what the Bible describes as the lust of the flesh. Oh, you know, uh, sort of going along with that, uh, I know a couple, they're, they're getting married and they're looking for churches to get married in. And this is probably very relevant for now. And they went to a particular church. I'll even say it's somewhere in this area. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and this uh, church secretary told them as they're looking, mm. oh, I'm sorry, there's no way you can get married here because you're unequally yoked. According to the scripture, we can't allow that type of marriage to happen here because he was black and his 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 fiance was white. Oh wow! And it's just twisting a scripture because if you just keep on reading, believers with unbelievers, right? But oh, they twist wow. that scripture to say mixed races cannot be married, and they use that un- unequally yoked. And that's very relevant right now. Yes, it is. Ooh. Wow! And so we have to be careful twisting scriptures. Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, one thing that came to my mind is one verse that is often quoted that I get I hear a lot and is repeated but is used in such a selfish way is Jeremiah 29:11 where oh. I know the plans that God has for me I know the plans that you have for me to give I know the plans that I have for you yeah. to give you hope to give you to, 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 that you will prosper, player, that yeah. you have future. That just mean a Ferrari. <laughs> and, 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 and oftentimes things are done selfishly and saying, well, God wants me to prosper. God knows Ooh. the plans he has for me. And whether, you know, it's pushing someone out of my way or you know, misrepresenting Christ, in the end, you know, God has a plan for me. And so, like, that, that will often get misrepresented to say, oh, you know, well, God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. And instead of, you know, representing Christ and in his love and sharing him, you know, it, it becomes very selfish. God has a plan for me mm. that I will prosper. Yeah. Yeah. That, that plan was, yeah, I have a plan for you. Uh, you're going to be taken captive. Don't worry. I'll be with you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that's wow. the part we don't want to hear. Right. Wow. So I have a confession to make this last week. I've been reading a book. I'm not, this shouldn't <laughs> surprise you. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the biggest surprise of the yeah. year. Campbell reading a book. <laughs> right. I, but the, the book might be a surprise is, okay. is where I'm getting at. But Rachel Evans, great author, a year of biblical womanhood. And, uh, I just, I picked it up and I couldn't stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've actually, uh, listened to our podcast. And I've yeah. actually, I've actually uh, pick, uh, read that book as well. And it's pretty amazing. Wow. Pretty amazing. So, so I recommend it then. I recommend it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's interesting how people sometimes take the Bible so literally they take it out of context. Yes. But I, my favorite one was the <laughs> biblical text that talks about calling your husband master. So I told my wife, you know, she should start calling me master. <laughs> and so how was it sleeping outside? <laughs> it, was, it was it was hot. I missed the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's possible to take certain texts uh, too literally or out of context, and we start missing the point wow. of what Scripture is all about. And I, I love you know, if you haven't read the book, check it out sometime. Obviously, I don't agree with everything she says, but but it's a fun and, and it's a one of those books that makes you think, and mm-hmm. I, that's what I really like and value are books that make me think. Uh, but but yeah, here she is. Um, and I think this gets at the heart of our lesson for this week, doesn't it? It does. It does. So our first problem text, or I wouldn't say problem text, our first difficult passage is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 10 through 15. Uh, I feel like Sabbath school here right now, but anyone having volunteers to read that for us? <laughs> you say, hey, you've been too quiet. No, I'm sorry, I'll read it. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2, 10 through 15. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying 
For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord, not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm. Well, that that's that's the challenge, isn't it? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah, it Absolutely. says it right there, and yet people will take this and they will incorrectly divide it, right? Yeah, it, it, and you know, this is very true. I think a lot of people say, well, just because you quote the Bible, you must be correct. And, and um, we have to look in Christian history and recognize that there have been a lot of people who have incorrectly interpreted the Bible and come up to mm-hmm. erroneous conclusions. And since you brought up the, the whole issue right now that's going on in our country about uh, Black Lives Matter and race relations and Floyd and everything else, which is absolutely tragic. We just had a march here on the campus of Southwestern Adventist University. Um, those are the kinds of things that uh, it raise issues that are, they're relevant, incredibly relevant right now. But we also look in the past, and that's where, I, you know, as a church historian, look in the 19th century, um, how Christians were using the Bible to justify the enslavement of a whole race here in this country. Absolutely tragic. And they were using the Bible, proof texting different passages to say, well, therefore it's biblical. Slavery is biblical, and therefore some people should be oppressed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Campbell, which is, it's easy, but not, I shouldn't say easy. I can try to make the Bible say whatever I want it to say. Yeah. And that's the thing. The Bible is not my tool. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit uses me, right? Mm-hmm. I can't control the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And when I read, I'm trying to find the heart of God yeah. and allow it to speak. And sometimes I don't like what it says. Man, yeah. I, I, something I see here is like in verse 10 it says I endure all things for the sake of the, the elect that they also may obtain salvation mm. so it's almost like there's there's issues when we miss the point of what the Bible's for Ooh. and I think this is so important Ooh. like we forget that like you know it's it's about salvation that's the that's the most important point and then like when we what happens is like man oh like we get so involved in like oh it's, the Bible says this or the Bible says this other thing and, and this little issue and we make just a mess of it you, you know what I'm so glad you said that because as I was saying, there's some things I don't like, but there's some things that I need, mm. right? Mm. And so it's not yeah. about what I like and what I don't like. It's not that I can skip past something because I don't like it. No, God is saying, I need this for your character. And it's not just always about telling people what to do. Like, what are you doing about it? Mm. Are you willing to change uh, based off of what, what I'm showing you or revealing to you? I like to tell my students that basically that if the Bible always agrees with you, then there's something wrong. Cause, and, and, wow. and the, here's an example. Uh, a professor at Wheaton College was reflecting on this in Christianity Today some years ago. I was reading about a study that he did. He was teaching a life and teachings class, which uh, Swoops and I uh, teach regularly here at Southwestern. And, and obviously, it's usually a big class, a lot mm-hmm. of students. And at the beginning of the semester, he'd do a survey and ask the students just to get to know them. Are they introverts or extroverts, you know, mm-hmm. how, how, to identify themselves? And at the end of the semester, at the final exam, he had a question that had no point value. Couldn't get yeah. it wrong. Uh, but did you think that Jesus was an introvert or an extrovert? And there was a 99% correlation. 
and he had done this for like over 30 years of his teaching career. So 99% correlation. If they were an introvert, they thought Jesus was an introvert. If they're an extrovert, <laughs> they thought Jesus was an extrovert. And and the the simple yeah. thing is is as as you can tell by the illustration is we have a danger of making Jesus into our own image, or in this case, the right. Bible into our own image. Mm. You know, I, I was just thinking in my mind as you were saying, I was like, man, he was both. Like you know, he he had the best of both worlds, right? Was, but yeah. I, and I love how you put that, Michael. Which is, we can't put God was not created in our image. Yeah. It was not created in our minds. He is our creator. Mm-hmm. And we, we're going to spend a lifetime, we're going to spend eternity trying to chase after that heart and mind to get to understand him better. Well, and I think the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was always about giving of himself, um, spending time with people, sharing, you know, in his, in his time of his resources, giving of, his, of, of himself, of course, to the point of giving his life mm-hmm. for all of us. Um, and so if we as Christ followers, as Christians, if we say we follow Christ... Um, I, we see his example yeah. that he's given to us, and we are to to also give of ourselves, not to not to look and say how what can I get, what can I get, but more what can I give, how can I give, how can I serve, yeah. how can I be Jesus to others, and even if it's mm. putting myself in an uncomfortable situation and say you know I'll be last, I'm not gonna put my race above yours or my mm. political party over wow. yours. Mm. Wow. I'm gonna say you know even if it's uncomfortable mm. and I don't get it. Like, let me, you know, put myself in this conversation to Mm. understand, to listen, uh, to endure my discomfort for, you know, for the kingdom's sake. Yeah, I I think something I want to add to that is that, you know, lately there's been a lot of things like going on on Facebook, Instagram, and people using scripture out of context and trying to back up their own, you know, political or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, just like what Isai was saying, like, man, we need to handle scripture at, like to the to to the level at least of what we can of handling how Jesus would handle scripture mm-hmm. and that's definitely like I see like Jesus had a humble heart and it was always about salvation for others yeah. you, you know that that brings us because uh, as I'm looking through this Monday's lesson is dealing with the honesty and carefully and that's that's sort mm-hmm. of what you were talking about yeah. you're talking about you just brought up Tuesday's lesson which is uh, deal with difficulties humbly, right? Ooh. And and be humble and yeah. in our approach to it as as Jesus was. The Savior, the Master of the Universe yeah. was still humble. You know, Absolutely. so how dare I have pride that puts myself above others? You know, it's easy to say, but, but it really gets at the heart of it is having an attitude of humility. And it's more than just acknowledging it once, you know, kind of thing. And, and it's just like these uh, protests that we're having. It's not enough to have just a protest uh, it's living a life faithfully mm-hmm. that embraces all races, a uh, life of equality and going, moving forward. Um, it's not just getting out once or twice or whatever else that you may be doing. The same thing is true here with Scripture. Scripture takes, uh, it's an attitude. Mm-hmm. It's an attitude adjustment of approaching the Word of God and saying, Lord, this is sacred. This is holy. Please make me teachable through the oh. Holy Spirit to take your words, to apply them to my life. What is it in my life that needs to be made, how I can be drawn closer to you, that is out of harmony, out of alignment with your kingdom? And uh, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, in all honesty, there's still things right now going on in my life. I'm just like, Lord, you have to, I, I have to surrender these things to you. And it's not easy, but um, those, that's a personal struggle. And if there's not that struggle there, um, something is, is terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, one of the biggest and toughest things that 
I've realized in every conversation I have, which is mm. in order for there to be change, in order for there to be progress, even in reading the word, which is admitting in my own mind that I could be wrong. Wow. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what subject it is. Yeah. Because truth, uh, God is truth. You know, the word is truth. But sometimes my misconceptions of it are wrong. And so therefore, mm-hmm. I need to be man enough to actually say, I'm wrong here and I can be educated. It doesn't mm-hmm. care who I'm talking to, that you have something to teach me. And when we have that, uh, there's growth that takes place, and there's also solidarity that mm-hmm. takes place. And that's what we're that's what's needed in the church. Rather than digging our heels in the sand and saying, I'm not moving or I'm not budging, I'm saying, God, wherever you go, I'm, I'm following you. Mm-hmm. And whether that's with people or against people, God, I'm following you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. There's, Love such a, it. <clears throat> there's such a lack of that. Yeah. You know, there's such a lack of that in our, in our churches. And it's, it's so sad to see, you know, you know, like people just like handling these issues and and so many times it's just like wow like we're really hurting one another mm-hmm. or we could be healing one another and doing the work of god you know so we're, we're talking about humbleness we're talking about all these different things i want to move on to having patience this is wednesday's lesson and mm-hmm. pastor isai is going to read for us galatians chapter 6 verse 9 yeah galatians 6 9 says and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart mm. Mm. Are there some things that are still unreconciled in your heart in the church, mm. uh, in, in the word of God? I know yeah. there are, there's some questions I have and I will not throw out the 99% for the 1%, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, I see a lot of people, especially young pastors. Uh, I, I've been there myself where I wanted to quit, right? <laughs> and, and I've seen people not only just, and it's one thing to, to stop pastoral ministry, but it's one thing to leave God. Mm. And I've seen young pastors that have left God that have lost determination, that have lost patience. And so what encouragement can we give you guys to keep on going? Because I'm so proud about uh, the work that you're doing. Amen. And what what things can you tell Christians out there to not lose heart? Mm, Wow. I think, man, uh, I think having, and this is something I've I've been trying to to do more in my life, but really having moments of self-reflection, of of contemplation, and just being there with God. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if, if scripture is not really doing, because that's the thing, I think a lot of young pastors, and I think that's something that I kind of had to grow out of. And I'm sure it's the same thing with Isai. Like the stuff that we read, Jesus really had to become real to mm. us. And the thing is, it's like, I'm barely discovering, I think, I'm, I've, I think I've grown so much post college and all these different things, but it was God leading up, you know, and I think with everybody, with church members who are listening, anybody, you know, let, let God become real to you through these words. And, and I think once we have that inner strength that God can only give, it will give us resolve, I think, to wait patiently for God. So I think and adding on to that, we share as, as young pastors, as, as uh, ministers, we share, and, and as Christians as well, you know, whatever walk in our, in our Christian life that we have, wherever God is leading us, we share Christ, we share him through the joy that we receive through him. So as much as I'm spending time and we see this kind of and we alluded a little bit to it, but Jesus, he spent time in solid in, in, mm. in solitude. Yeah. But he wasn't just, you know, because he was peopled out or he was such an <laughs> introvert necessarily, but that because he needed that time of solitude with his father. And I think for him to be able to do that, how much more do we need time with the father in order for us to share uh, so the more time we spend, you know, receiving that true joy from him, no matter, I think what I've realized is no matter what, what I, no matter what drama or thing comes up, no one can take that joy away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't have that joy, it's so easy for me to be shaken. 
for me to be just so distraught and be be cast down and be woe is me because things aren't the way that I would like them to be. And I have to really anchor myself in that joy that I receive. And it has to be a daily, a constant thing um, because it's so easy to get shaken up by even the smallest things because it becomes part of the mm. daily the daily life yeah. that you can't shake that. And so you have to be just so grounded in that joy. You know, mm. right now you're describing the process of, of a rechargeable battery. Yeah. And a lot of us are, are, are working on the last bit of energy. And if you don't plug in, if you don't plug into Christ, if you don't yeah. spend that time in solitude, you will never be yeah. recharged. And yeah. once you're drained, you're drained. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, I think a lot of times the, uh, the problems that we have, and I know, uh, uh, Pastor Soups, uh, Dr. Campbell, like what I'm sure all of the, like, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but from, I know, uh, you say you can agree with this too, but I think a lot of the people that have problems and take these passages out of context, a lot of times they even let, let God, you know, they didn't allow themselves to have a little bit of time just to sit with the passage right. and, mm. and commune with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like if, if you would just sit, sit down for a little bit and maybe God will humble you a little bit so we can actually have a conversation about this difficult passage. And I think God has, has humbled me, you know, yeah. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, I, and it's a constant thing, just like you say, you saying. So oftentimes we want God, we, we have a specific goal, a specific timeline that we would like God to fit into. And I mean, he's telling us here, right? Don't grow weary in doing good. Whatever timing that he has for us, whether, you know, he's going to give us the, the, the quick, you know, amazing answer that we want, the, the great vision that we have for the church or for ministry, or we want, you know, the baptisms that we want to see, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times he wants to to work with us and work us, you know, work in us mm-hmm. through the little moments. Uh, something that's definitely helped me, you know, kind of talking with kind of what you were mentioning, Josh, is looking back at even the smallest little victories and seeing how God is working and mm-hmm. each in each week and each moment mm-hmm. and recognizing that, you know, there's a reaping that is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're moving right along through the lesson, aren't we? Yes, we are. Because really <laughs> I think are. we've already covered Thursday, you know, dealing with uh, difficulties, uh, or scriptural difficulties uh, with prayer and, and wow, so yeah, on. Yeah, we did. You know, right? I mean, uh, um, and, and I think that prayer is just really crucial to Bible study. I think mm. too often it's overlooked or it's just, just simply assumed or, you know, the, the Dear Jesus Blesses Food kind of <laughs> simple little uh, perfunctory yeah. prayers that we can... You know, and I, I don't mean, you know, they're important and, and oftentimes sincere too, but sometimes we can make it a routine where we're not actually ma- making it from our hearts, where it's genuine, authentic, and saying and wrestling with God, just you and God uh, making it real. Uh, and again, at the spirit of humility, but yeah. constantly in an attitude of, of prayer. Yeah. And I appreciate these gentlemen that have just brought those points as well. You, Michael, and, and you're yeah. talking about wrestling with God recently. Yeah. I've been reading through the, through the story of Jacob and mm-hmm. And every time he had an interaction with God, he named the place or he brought up an, an Ebenezer, right? You know, yeah. he called, there's Bethel, That's like there's the house of God, uh, Penuel, Lord, uh, and all these places. Uh, he remembered these places. He brought them back. Mm-hmm. And it's because there was times that he spent with just God. Wow. And as we're approaching scripture, man, this is an experience with God. We're not just yeah. reading a piece of literature. We are experiencing God every the time we God. open it up. Wow. Amen. The Amen. living God. Amen. 
And, and by the way, I, I'll be the first to admit, I, I don't understand all the Bible. There's passages that I just don't get. Um, Guys, he, he, he is completely lying to me. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the encyclopedia. First Corinthians, first Corinthians 15, 29, baptizing the dead. You know, that's a passage that, you know, scholars still debate. I yeah, think there's wow. like over 200 interpretations of that one passage. Is it a grammatical anomaly? What, what's going on here? Uh, it's, a, you know... I frankly don't know, but I'm not going to place my faith on one text that's mm. obscure and very confusing when the message of salvation is so clear yeah. throughout all the rest exactly. of the pages of Scripture. And what's difficult with that, it's like they be like they almost become these little verses become a basis for theology. Mercy, yes. Mercy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think one thing that, you know, when we're struggling with passages, um, we can recognize that there's beauty that to be had even just in that, that struggle. That we're actually Ooh. wrestling with mm-hmm. the living God, like you mentioned. Yeah. That we're spending time with Him, regardless if He has such a concrete answer for us in this moment, or maybe scholars have been, you know, debating about it for years. But we're, we're, we're spending that that deep time wrestling, focusing, honing in on, you know, what does God have for me? And even if there's no conclusion, that we're just spending time with Him. So I'm going to take it home a little bit further. I'm going to nudge a little Let's bit. Let's go. All right. Go for it. Not only do we do all these things with the Bible, but as Adventists, we sometimes also do them Don't with say Ellen. Oh, ouch, 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 ouch. I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying, you know. People are going to start pulling their quotes out. Yeah, right? Have, have you seen that happen? I, oh, yeah. I, I sometimes call it, you know, um, uh, Sabbath school warfare. This is Sabbath school rescue. So we're trying to rescue people from the warfare. Um, A lot of friendly fire. Friendly fire, you know, and I call them Ellen White grenades. You know, you've got your, your quotes and I got my quotes. So, and... so, so have you ever gotten the C4? That's only, you know, I've, I've preached before and then the next Next week, I come to my desk, and there's a list of Ellen White, uh, Ellen White quotes that are on my desk. That's happened to you, too? Yes, it has. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of waiting, but it's uh, I've had a couple moments here and there, you know. It's coming. Pastor, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, let's, let's, let's pray about that. <laughs> now, now, the the C4 that I really got, um, I couldn't believe, but someone actually got the testimonies for the church. Sister Brother A, your Sister B. And started filling in the names. So Ooh. and so there was you're you're so and so you are you are a glutton you are enslaved to appetite and so and pointed out in the congregation and you sister right there you are fat that is you right wow. there. Oh, oh, mercy. Oh, wow. Oh, that that is called the bazooka. <laughs> oh no, that's just horrible. That's all. So it's warfare, and we need some rescuing from this. Yes, we do. Wow. That's 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 just crazy, and that's the thing. It's like, but it's what, real. What what it what's happens. what's crazy about this is what is like. How many people have we lost? Mm. How many people like how many souls have we lost for the kingdom because we did not have a humble heart and we mm. were instead of healing, instead of rescuing, we were there and just ready to just man. Just throw a bazooka, just, you know, launch something <laughs> yeah. off, you know. Well, and it's spiritual warfare, you know. Uh, unfortunately, I, I would call that toxic faith. You know, yeah. there's a book by that title. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helped me to appreciate. And I think with Ellen White, too, and Adventist, we can have toxic Adventism yeah. if we're not careful. And, and this is why it's so important. And the, uh, the lesson brings out this, which is Acts chapter 17 the people heard what Paul was preaching about and they came together and they studied for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they studied together not only by themselves, which is the danger that we have today. The Bible's not written just for me. 
there's things I can learn from Campbell. There's things I can learn from Pastor Josh, from Pastor Isai. Yeah. And it's important for us if we come up with new ideas. The community. Yeah, we, we talk in, yeah. together in community because God speaks to the body of believers, not that. just to us as individuals. Wow. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say it's not just the present body of believers, but through the past. Ooh, so some, some of that church history there. <laughs> yes. yes. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> hey, man, preach, preach. So, but, but yeah, there's accountability there. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. There is. And that's why we have education. That's why we learn past, present, future, because God's going to continue to speak to his church. Mm -hmm. And by the way, some of our listeners, as you're listening, you may have some questions. Say, you know, I'm struggling. I don't understand this passage in the Bible or maybe even Ellen White. There are great resources that our church has. I encourage you to reach out to your pastor. Uh, there's our denomination as a whole has created a lot of resources, not just this Sabbath school guy, but mm-hmm. great uh, books that have been coming from our publishing houses, uh, great websites. And so maybe we can add some uh, notes on our podcast for this week of some some resources that, that would help our listeners uh, to go a little bit deeper if you're struggling to try to say, hey, here's some help, some guides, some aids that will help me in my journey to better understand those difficult texts for of the sure. Bible. Amen. Amen. Well, I, guys, I think uh, I want to thank Pastor Isai, Pastor Josh, so Absolutely. much for being here with us today. It's, a, it's, yeah, a, it's an is... honor to, to be a part of the podcast, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you Well, so we much. love you guys. We pray for you and your thank success. You. And uh, we love the ministry that you're doing by God's grace. And we know that God's going to continue blessing as you continue to surrender yourselves to him. So, Amen. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up another week. Yes, so it does. So it's uh, Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.